Welcome to Often Wrong, Never in Doubt, episode six. Thank you guys for listening. We have a great guest today, Adam Kushner, friend of ours. Hope you enjoy. All right, episode six. Is it six already? Yes. Remember, because I renamed five. Plus. Oh, yeah, I appreciate you doing that. No problem. No problem. <laughs> Details are not your thing, but I'm, I'm not what my wife calls factually crisp. Well, exciting. We have another guest. Yeah. We got good reviews with Rich, so we figured we'd do it again. But we have big news. Ooh. Like huge. I wish I could do Trump. Huge. 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 You know what I'm talking about, right? I don't. I don't think. We're not being podcast. What is is it called? Oh, yeah. Podbean is no longer the only place you can find us. And Spotify. Spotify. Apple Podcasts. Finally. We couldn't get on there for a couple weeks because why? Months. Artwork was the wrong size. Details matter. Oh my god! So you know, (laughs) so so we're everyone who's the seven people that listen to this know that I'm a Samsung guy. But we are now on Apple iTunes. What is it called? I don't even know. Apple Podcast. Nice, awesome. All right. So we started a new segment last time called Fan Mail. Before we get to our guest, I'm not going to go through a lot, but I had uh, a friend of mine, uh, Amy, down in Florida, Mm -hmm. text me that she was laughing out loud about the two times people in the world, the Neil Diamond joke I pulled from What About Bob? Nice. And she said she's never even seen the movie, but she was Now she better. So we have female <laughs> listeners too now. One. One. No, that's not true. Two, my wife did tell both of us last night that she listened to an episode because and she she's listen, like... Did she listen to it on 1.5 speed? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, she we got- said... I, She's like, I, I'm listening to whatever episode you are complaining about none of your family or friends listening to it. And I was like, that's every episode. Right. <laughs> so, so we got two. That's two good. female listeners. Hi, Grace. Honestly, though, we kind of have more than just a few because we saw that we had 400 and something downloads. We are nearing the 500 mark. I think we should throw a party when we get over 1,000. Right. So share with your friends. You should buy me a gift, actually. And we can invite. We buy each other a 500. It's like an anniversary, right? You have the 500. I like that. Okay. You yeah. let me know and I'll get you a little. This happened much faster on this podcast than any other that I have been a part of. There's one differentiating factor. I'm just, I don't know what it is. I'm not pointing. Better mics. Better mics. <laughs> we bought better mics. All right. Well, also, I haven't, I got it. We're on, uh, someone found us on LinkedIn. Um, so I know. <laughs> Sent me a message, uh, a fraternity brother I haven't talked to in 20 something years. Said, hey, found the podcast link and loving it. I'm going to start sharing it on my LinkedIn too. Isn't then. that crazy? I, yeah. I know. His name is Drew. Shout out, Drew, if you're listening. Anyway, so let's get to it. We're going to try to be a little quicker than with our last we guest. We say that every time. No, we're going to do a better job. But we, yeah. have a, we have a good guest. I'm not doing this partless intro because Rich. Rich, is, that was Rich. his thing. But So I have a f- – uh, he's already here. He's sitting right here. A friend, he's right with us. A friend first and foremost of mine. Is he in the room but with you now? He, he is, uh, his name is Adam. Adam Kushner. Welcome. Thank you, Adam. Thanks for being here. He's Glad here. to be here. I He's mean, it's not a hard invite to accept, right? Like, hey, yeah. you want to come hang out and talk and drink wine? Yeah, and hit balls in the barn. <laughs> we are in the barn. The we studios. are, again. Yeah, we might have to post a photo of that. Uh, but Adam is the GM at uh, Berkeley Hall, which is a golf course community here in Bluffton, if you're not from here. Uh, his wife, Aaron, and you have two? Two kids. Two kids. What are the names? Alyssa and Landon. Awesome. How old? 22 and 16. Okay. Well, so he, we'll get into this, but he's got quite the pedigree in uh, the golf world and uh, on the club side and the, and the PGA, PGA of America, right? We'll talk about the difference in that in a minute. 
Um, but we actually, all three of us plus MT the Fry Guy were uh, hanging out last night at a charity event, which was a great event. And we were telling stories about Steven, uh, his first member guest. And we, we had Adam cracking up, <laughs> laughing about the pullback, which we've already talked about. We so, so after that happened, I was like, I think I need so to get Adam rules. on this, this podcast, right? Absolutely. So, um, Maybe I can learn a thing or two. We're praying. We're, yeah. We're thinking about it. I mean, it can't get worse. So uh, we have, we didn't say this. So Adam is using a handheld mic. Mm. We all, we have clip on mics. So um, it's a little awkward. So we'll talk uh, about for, it for, 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 Ad, for any guest, I think. I mean, we have so many guests that are, I'm just, I'm preparing people that want to come on the show. Oh, uh, that to, they have to hold a they mic. They have to hold a mic. We don't I have mean, the booms I mean, I can, we have a stand for it, but I feel like it gets better. Quality. We digress. We do all digress. right. So. Uh, Adam, we're going to ask you a few questions before we talk about the wine and the dad stuff. And this will be kind of our golf segment because we'd like to talk about golf. But since you're the expert in the room, clearly, just give me a quick background, kind of where you've been. Uh, and because I know, obviously, you had some tutelage under Bob Ford. Uh, but tell me just quickly, just. Yeah, real quickly, just uh, went to school at Methodist University, which is a, a big professional golf management program, and then worked at Oakmont Country Club from 2005 to 2010. So I got to do the men's and women's U.S. Open, followed that with five years at the Country Club in North Carolina. And uh, next week, I will be eight years at Berkeley Hall Club. Holy smoly, which you started as the director of golf and then... They suckered you into the GM position. That is exactly right. As uh, our marketing membership director says, I got a demotion to be the general manager. So Oakmont, what is, what is that ranked in the country for people that don't know? Around fifth, usually fourth okay. or fifth. And Bob Ford is a legend in the in the industry. He was he's he was he's there, and then he's also at Seminole, and he's basically retired. He is totally retired now. Um, I mean, that's and, that's like in if any industry, if you could find the the best person. To be to to be under study under mm. that's the guy and so he now did, you did, was that right out of college you, you went right out of college so I mean the PGM got to be a the PGM spot it was yeah so got kind of a lucky you know sometimes it's a little bit about who you know and and got an internship there during college and then mm. um, was offered a job there on the same day that I found out my wife was pregnant oh. with our son that's double celebration that's a special memory mm -hmm. yeah. I so I can't remember which, whether it's Father's Day or my birthday, but my first two children, that's when I found out one of them. I gotta think when it was, but say it's special days. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Um, so the P, let's ask about the PGM program because I want to go into this for a little bit. What is that? So professional golf management. I went to regular four year school with a business degree, but I had a concentration in, in professional golf management. And basically, uh, those, these are for people that aren't good enough to play golf as a professional and make millions of dollars. So they go work at a golf course and uh, hopefully help people with their games and then run golf tournaments like you were talking about the member guest and all those kind of things. So um, typical business degree, but concentration more in the yeah. golf side of it. D is had you always wanted to do that? Like, no. So that's actually. I, I thought I wanted to be a sports broadcaster. Which after this, you'll probably see that I probably I probably shouldn't have been a sports broadcaster. So got lucky with the so golf thing. You're so delicately holding the mic. Yeah. I'm going to give yeah. you props for that. Yeah, yeah. We should. Yeah. We got to start doing video. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so and I have a face for radio, so this is better for me. But uh, no, we. I actually made a totally spur of the moment trip to North Carolina with my cousin. Three day trip. 
and met somebody that went to Methodist in their PGM program. I was a caddy at the time, so I was into golf, but hadn't really thought about it. And within three days, I went from wanting to go to Syracuse or Ithaca in mm. the snow of so New York to Methodist University in North Carolina. And that was kind of where I cut my teeth in both the golf business and the South. And I don't believe I'll ever leave the South yeah. again. Ithaca. Is that, is that the college that uh, road trip? Yep. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I believe he's in Austin. Austin, Massachusetts. Austin, Massachusetts. You mean Boston? <laughs> I mean, I'm going to tell you, I may have already said this on the, and if I said it again, I'll say it again. It's a good one. So the go quote, ahead. The quote that I love so much in that movie is when they take the shortcut and they're on that road before they get to the bridge. And the guy's like, what? we're like, we're like in the middle of nowhere. I'm like, well, you know, whatever. It's like, this is, this is hard. And the guy goes, it's, it's called a shortcut. It's, it's supposed to be hard. He goes, if it was easy, it would be called the way. <laughs> Perfect. I like, such a, I mean, it's such a stupid movie. Too, oh, but like, so there's some gold in there. There's a little bit of gold. There is. That's so cool. wait. So when did you start playing golf? I'm always interested. When to I see, was like, I was 14. I started caddying, and that actually is what got me into golf. Yeah. Gotcha. And you've got, you've got. I mean, you instruct. You. I don't actually know this. Do you? You have some great players in college. Some guys that just made some big you know big stuff and maybe even on some tours i mean yeah so i, I coach a, a young lady that is trying to play european tour right now um and then jackson van paris is a junior at vanderbilt and one of the top players in the world and hampton roberts is a freshman at uh university of north carolina and then i've got a ninth grader in raleigh that i work with a little bit and uh every once in a while jp reed comes and asks for some tutelage <laughs> well that's interesting so uh do you limit it to just young people? Because you could probably use some pointers. <laughs> that's what the barn's for. I was saying, when we get done with this, that's for. what the barn is for. I can't even pay a coach to coach me. This is how bad it is. <laughs> that's not good. Adam just walked up for this, and I'm over here like <laughs> pretending to know how to show him. The best part is, in comparison, you know vastly greater level, than right, I do. Exactly. So, well, you're yeah, you're beginning. Anyways, anyways. Um, <laughs> excuse me. I and I'm sniffling in the mic too. Sorry. You're going to be fine. Sorry, guys. I've got a little bit of a fall cold going on. I think it that 80 degree. <laughs> I think it pollen. I think, first it, I think it came about from the relaxing weekend in the Clemson Notre Dame game last weekend. Oh I yeah, think I got a lot of sleep. I'm sure. I bet. Yeah, just good game. My brother-in-law and I went up there for three or four days. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it was a good game though. I got so, adopted as a Clemson fan. I don't know if you know this, but. Being yeah. from the north, we took you to a game. College football, like I went to Boston University. College football wasn't even a thing. We go watch hockey games. When I moved down here, I didn't realize that football, college football, is like a religion. So all no. these friends were no. pulling I on me, of course, to is a religion. yeah, like hey, you should root for USC, you should root for Clemson, you should. And I'm like, I don't know. The Reed sold me. And we I also, think it was I think, Kim's Crocs, frankly. Oh yeah, the orange Crocs. No. Yeah. Or was it the national championships versus the last place SEC yeah. team? I mean, it was, you know, not the hardest decision. Not I a got bandwagon a jumper. You also have two daughters. And I'm just going to say this, you know, at the stadium, they say, go Cox. Uh, now, I know you have a child. But I mean, I'm just saying, I mean, as a father. I don't know. It feels probably should. Would have never thunk it growing up, though. I can promise you that, yeah. that I'd have a daughter that was a cock, you know? Yeah. It's like, there you go. <laughs> So on the PGA, the PGM program, we do actually have some college kids listening to this. If somebody was thinking about that, what do you, what's the quick like minute, two minute skinny on the good, the bad, the ugly in that? 
on, on if they if that's something they want to enter what's the best way to enter and then what's what what did you not realize like i have a guess after you're done yeah i think i think the you know, best way to enter is truly i would choose somewhere with decent weather so you can go you know experience the golf side of it i know there's some very good schools in the north but you basically get there and it snows for the whole school year. Um, and then from there, it's really finding the best internships. Don't go where you're going to make the most money. Just go where you're going to learn the most at the best places and meet the best people. You know, the biggest things I think you learn is that uh, you do get to work uh, holidays and weekends and you don't get to play as much golf as you would think. So you there get you into go. it because you love golf and then you get there and you don't get to play a whole lot of golf. That's, so I, I was going to say that obviously I've kind of been in the golf business a little bit and everybody that I – was a great golfer and they got in and like, I don't ever get to play. And so, and you have to move around a bit, right? I mean, that's pretty, um, pretty tough to, to be successful and not move would be a pretty big challenge. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Because you can't, you want to continue to grow and scale and, and there's only so many jobs in this, you know, in your field in each different area. So yeah, as you try to get a promotion, it's typically a move and a promotion. Yeah. So you said your kids were 22 and 16, right? Mm -hmm. and yes. So that means if you've been here for eight years, you had to move them kind of mid-school. Yeah, my daughter was a freshman and my son was in third grade. So Yeah. yeah. Hmm. That's something to, to consider too. But They don't have any interest in the golf industry. And they're not in, into golf at all. At all. Either one of them. Hmm. Is that your fault? No, I'm just joking. Probably. probably. <laughs> so let's unpack that. Yeah. <laughs> That's the next episode. That's the next episode. <laughs> uh, so I'm curious, th this question, I want to make sure I define it right. What is probably your most favorite golf experience in the industry that you've been in versus, so, hey, we went and played and we made a hole-in-one, right? A golf experience. So- being in the industry, like, do you have a favorite memory or moment or something that sticks out or something that you got to do or anything? I will tell you, caddying in the U.S. Open in 2007 was a really cool experience Where was and, at, at Oakmont. Oh, at Oakmont. And I still keep in touch with Luke List um, oh, yeah. relatively regularly. And so, um, I mean, that was a, a really cool moment. Luke, uh, if you're listening, we just saw that big putt a couple of weeks ago. Congratulations. If yep. you ever want to call in, we'll give you a number. Heck, you can come visit. Get on the podcast. The he barn. happens to love the low country. Oh, come yeah. on, Luke. Let's so, go. Uh, yeah, loves it here. So we might be able to make that happen. Um, and then I, I'd say one of the, not one of, the, the most amazing trip I ever went on was to Monterey. Played Cypress Point a couple of times, Pebble Beach and Spyglass. And that was um, with three great people. Uh, just a really cool buddies trip that, that was really fun. Just so interestingly, I think I know this is correct. You were able, you were the announcer, right? Was it 2016? 2016 did? for the practice rounds of the Open. Okay. At mm -hmm. Oakmont. At and Oakmont. that's the year DJ. Yes. Dustin Johnson won. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I said DJ, but Dustin Johnson won. That seemed, was that not a cool? I mean, I growing up, I, you know, waking up early for the British Open, I know you haven't watched as much golf, but you have iconic starters and yeah. they have the, you know, you know all the stuff and for him to to be an announcer i mean it seems pretty cool so south carolina story real quick from that dj trahan i know dj and i got into not it at, a listener got into it at <laughs> six six thirty in the morning practice round he wanted to tee off as they were mowing the he might the listen, fairway no dj I, uh, hey we grew up playing together just so everyone knows dj train and i which he beat the brains out of me but 
we grew up playing together on Hilton Head. Yeah, so we were we were. I told him he wasn't allowed to play for another 15 minutes and it didn't go over very well. And so he proceeded to tee off after I told him like five times he couldn't tee off at 630 in the morning. Uh, other other kind of cool ones. So the not a rule follower. Yeah. Practice round. Not really. You know, the crowds are there. They're pretty good crowds. But a lot of the groups you're not really announcing because nobody's ever heard of them. But we get Sergio and Rory. And it was, I think, Brent Wiesberger, and I'm not sure who the fourth was. And so we're, I'm announcing this group, and Rory's going to hit it first, not a clap. So Rory goes, crickets, and just gets up and just stripes one down the fairway. But it was pretty good. <laughs> I mean, the funny thing is, if you think about the inverse of that thought process, is he's so used to being seen and pressure and uh, that it's weird that when he's not. Yeah. I mean, yesterday I played a local course called Secession, and my second shot on 18, I blew it right at the, by the clubhouse. And I didn't – actually, I wasn't really thinking, but I hit a really decent chip, and all of a sudden people started clapping from the, the porch. And Wichter was like, oh, you're getting the clap. Like, you know, like – and I was like, oh. You know, but it's funny. If I had thought about it, it might have been a little more pressure. But Roy doesn't – I mean, those guys, that's funny. Have you played Marion? No. So, Marion, you tee off on the first hole, not exaggerating. Edward Taylor. Like eight Invite. feet away from the veranda where oh, everybody's no. eating lunch. And they all put down their, and you can hear them, they put down their silverware and then they watch you hit your tee shot. Pretty intimidating. Not a very hard tee shot, which is nice, but pretty intimidating tee shot. Have you been to Sweetness Go? <clears throat> no. So, did they have the heckle deck there or something like that? I think it's called. I guess it's a porch or something with one of the holes. I don't know if they're coming in 18 or playing off, but it, they're having cocktails. That sounds kind of fun, too. looks like an awesome place. I've seen seen pictures, but not been. Does Riviera have something like that? Or am I just making that up? I don't know. Oh, okay. One thing about being new to golf that is really exciting is these golf trips, right? So you just started talking about this buddy's golf trip that you went on. And I went on my first one this year with Pratt to Vegas. And now it's like comes up in conversation people are like hey you want to go play this and i'm like yeah sounds amazing so if you don't play golf get into it just for that so you're dead to me because you passed up on my scotland trip next year but that's okay we'll make it up i have three kids under 10 we're right. in different that's stages of i've forgiven life you right already now. i forgave you before i asked because i knew <sighs> you were gonna say no that's okay that's okay. <laughs> All right. It was a, pain. So it's a pretty we... cool trip by the way scotland would be he said we'll do it again okay i do i try to go every couple of years all right because so we're going to keep this moving but I want one more question before we do the wine segment. If you weren't doing this for a living, like you never got into this, mm. what do you think you'd be doing? So I said I wanted to be a sports broadcaster. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not sure if I actually would have been, though. I actually have a feeling that I probably would have been a high school gym teacher and a basketball coach. A lot of money in that. I understand that. Yeah. But that's actually what I bet I would have done. That's basketball was good. You like basketball? That's yeah, basketball. My brother's a basketball coach. He's an English teacher, but I don't know that I would have done that. But basketball was a huge thing in our family growing up, and I, I and I love coaching. So, well, I was going to say, I think that's probably why you're really good, especially with the youth in the golf as an instructor, is because you have that desire to help people. Love it. And some people don't, but you can tell the people. Look at Tim Cook and some other guys, and even our buddy Martin at Cross. I think it's when someone wants to make someone better and help mm -hmm. and coach. That's a different. That's a gift right yeah that's and cool. you've had bad coaches and you've had good oh, coaches yeah. and yeah. man a good coach there's just no 
nothing second to yeah. that. So we last um, episode we decided to change up our flow and we went to the wine. The wine. So we're gonna do that again. Okay. Okay. Uh, is this um, the, this isn't the beatbox segment. This is the. No, we're not wine. Okay. No. But I soon will, I will say this. This is so random. Okay. okay? That doesn't happen. This is so here random. ever. If you have XM, Sirius, whatever radio, mm-hmm. and you pop rocks, I'm sure people know Channel 12. Of course. But at 9 a.m. on Sundays, they do an acoustic only for an hour. They replay it at 12. And it is so good. Oh, yeah. And not only that, you'll get amazing artists covering other people acoustically. It's even better. But I was driving home. I'm trying to think when I was the other day. And... Oh, this past Sunday from Notre Dame game. And they had uh, Sugar Ray do an acoustic and they brought a turntable into the studio. Yes. If you hadn't heard it, it's anyways. So random, random, random. Hey, it's just, hey, just saying, maybe we'll get, maybe we'll get a little love from XM Radio. I mean, Um, all right, let's talk about the wine. Okay. So last week we started with, hey, this is stuff you can buy. And this is another one. Went to a local winery you guys start drinking it and uh not winery i'm sorry wine store vintners are different than stores yes i went to belfair um <laughs> town and spirits or wine and spirits um i don't know if ed still owns it but he's a next to that but they have a cool yeah. wall when you go in it and it's things it's wines that are 20 dollars. and i'm like okay let's let's check that out because it's kind of hard to find a good wine so i'm gonna Under go ahead bucks. i'm gonna go ahead and tell you guys this is only 14.99 really yep it's called slam dunk it's got a super cool label. So when I it better be. when I post when I post in my social social feeds, I'm gonna actually just for this for this podcast, I'm gonna post a photo of oh I we got wine. That's kind of an artistic look though. I like it. But it's an orange, it just says slam dunk. It's a 2020. It's a blend from California. A blend means there's different types of grapes in there. This is a 58 petite uh 58 petite petite Syrah mm-hmm, and 42 mm-hmm. percent. Zinfandel. It's a blend. It's a blend. Okay. All right, we're tasting. You one guy. Don't don't smack. I do like don't, one. Don't smack mm-hmm. her lip. Don't smack your lips. I do that all the time. Don't smack. Maybe it was you, Stephen. Maybe. Cheers. Let's cheers. So Yeah. Maybe we get that on the. Okay. Let's see. Now I'm gonna go last. I'm gonna go last. Okay. Stephen. Initial. I mean, you know it's only fifteen dollars. Yeah, you know it's a blend, California Zinfandel. The United States produces the most Zinfandel in the entire world. Is that right? Yes. So the Zinfandel is the grape, right? And then mm-hmm. there's whites and reds. Well, or is it the same? A, so that's there's there's no dumb questions. There's dumb people. So that's true. Um, so there's only one Zinfandel grape. It's red, no. but you can pull off the, the skin. skin and it, they make white Zinfandel and that's really high class New Jersey wine. Wine skins. Yeah. Gotcha. So anyway, I like it. A little cherry. Okay. I think. Okay. Um, what do you think, Adam? So I cheated a little bit and I had a sip when we began and you said you thought if you would have um, decanted it, it, let it breathe a little bit, it might have been better. And I would agree. I actually think it's better mm. however long we're into this now, yeah, 30 minutes yeah. later versus at the beginning. Um, but it's it's pretty good. Yeah. So just on that. I like fast, that aerator that you got me. I yeah. So most times that, I would right? aerate that because I know a young wine is a 2020, but I wanted to taste it. 
but for anybody that's listening, you can go get a Venturi. I mean, I don't even know if it's twenty dollars. Um, it's a nice little aerator or the other one. That Venturi is fantastic. Dewey, and it 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 hyper decants. So decanting is letting it sit, but these hyper decant it, forces air through it, really opens it up and kind of ages it. <coughs> Excuse me. Any other tasting thoughts before I? Oh, I got. Um, I've got to turn that off. That was rude of me. Any other tasting notes? Thoughts? I mean, it's very dark. Mm -hmm. So um, when you think so, a Syrah or a Petit Syrah tends to. Um, if you're if you're listening to this and you're learning about wine, which I hope you are, they're very inky. That's a that's a descriptive always on a Syrah or Petit Syrah. They're mm. very. Some people jokingly say, "Oh, it's purpley." Well, it is very purpley. I mean, you can't. I mean, it still has the full four colors at the edge. But I'm gonna look this up real fast. Although, before I do that, uh, I think that it's got. It's yeah, it's very dark. A lot of plum. I mean, Zinfandel tends to be a higher alcohol, so I do know that this is 14.8 percent, which is a little bit on the higher end. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times, people think that when they taste a higher alcohol wine that they're like oh it's sweet but what they're really tasting is the alcohol and it's the a higher content faster, the higher content mm. um all right here's what all right here's just the winemaker notes real fast uh yeah okay it's a deep dense and plush uh, it's inky there you go black in color filled with aromas of dark plum shaved cocoa and black pepper i don't have the black pepper yet but mm -mm. um it says the mouthfeel is packed with sweet black cherry did you say cherry mm -hmm. that's good good job um cinnamon and espresso interesting i don't have the espresso but this is all what did you say you said cocoa right yeah cocoa, yeah, cocoa. kind of get that some people might um it <clears throat> it says it's long and persistent on the finish the wine shows rich polished tannins and opulent an opulent core of soft vanilla oak. Okay. I think that's a lot of BS words. That was a lot. Cocoa yeah. and vanilla. <laughs> yeah. Cocoa and smoky oak. <laughs> what? Sometimes I feel but like... But it is better now that it's opened up. Well, the cool thing, real fast, guys, it's a cool... So for $15, you could... Uh, we're, we're, one thing we started with is we did the great with. Mm -hmm. What do you think this would be great with? Yeah. You know... Um. Normally, Zinfandels, because the higher alcohol and the, the fruitiness, they pair really well with anything spicy um, from a smoked, spiced barbecue. Or if you think about like a pizza that has a spiced um, sausage on it. Mm. Like, yeah, like my, a pepperoni or a spicy sausage. Yeah, would be so really I, good think, that. I think this with a flat, like a thin crust, spicy sausage and green pepper. Mm. I think would be killer. What do you think? Sounds pretty good to me. Yeah. <laughs> so, but again, yeah, we'll you know take a photo. We'll take a photo of it. It's only fifteen dollars. I'm actually pretty impressed with it. I like it, and I could absolutely see throwing like a pepper crusted steak on the grill, okay. just doing like a nice, like cheap. I mean, cut of meat on the grill and pair really well. The difference of I mean, a fifty dollar bottle of wine. This is fifteen dollars. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm impressed actually. I'm kind of shocked. All right. While we are sipping on this, we're going to go to dad life. We have a guest, which do you have any crazy dad life stuff, Stephen, before we go to talk to Adam? No, let's let Adam go in. I mean, I'm sure we do have some, some things, but yeah, you know, nothing that stands out this week. Yeah. How about you? Anything? Um, I was up at Clemson. 
was great for the Notre Dame game. Brought Shelby home from college. Oh, nice. I saw a small dad life real fast. Yeah. Um, we, Shelby's getting some insurance, life insurance. She's 18, which means that you have to do the health exam, blood test. But she's, uh, she's, I'm sure she's going to listen to this, so I'm not going to make fun of her, but that's not her strong suit. And needles? Neither was, neither was mine back in the day. So you I mean needles. I, yes, I, yeah. I selectively forgot to tell her um, <laughs> that when she was coming home, this was going to happen. Now, halfway on the ride home, we talked about it. Mm. And it was interesting right home. Like hey, she, she was like a cat in the car, like trying to get out. She didn't talk to me anymore, and then she just sent. <gasps> no. She just sent me funny memes about send this to someone you're mad at. No. Um, and then <laughs> I told her she could use my truck when we get home to see her friend. She's like, "Well, you're gonna have to get it back at Clemson because I'm driving home. I'm not doing this." <laughs> but it was. It's just a fun interaction, and she. You can't make fun of anybody that's scared of something, you know, at all. Uh, but she did a great job. Uh, and I was very proud of her. She's, she did, but it was, it just, the, it was such a fun interaction because she was so upset at me, but she also knew she had to do it. Yeah. And so she didn't really have a leg to stand on, but she wanted to dig in. Yeah. I don't know where she gets that from. No, no. <laughs> not me. Not her doesn't dad. run in no. the family but at all. Uh, also, I do think that that's a great idea having Harper and Shelby on. Oh, we did talk together. About this. this is going to be a good yeah, idea. So we've, we've made a decision and, and we are going to, we're going to have our wives on, which could be very scary. Oh, that's going to be fun. But we are going to do a kid episode. Yeah. And the Harpster and, and Sadie, uh, the dynamic crazy duo. Shelby. No, we said, oh, we want Shelby on there. Did we say Harper wants Shelby? Oh, <laughs> so then we maybe might do Cadence and Sadie yeah, yeah, too. Yeah. Oh, like that a, would be fun. Yeah. All right. Anyways, Adam, let's your your it's your dad dad life segment, which it's anything going on in your life with kids. So exciting weekend this weekend for us. Um, actually, after this episode, I'm headed up to Columbia and going to have dinner with our daughter tonight. And tomorrow, she's running a half marathon. That's Columbia, South Carolina. South Carolina. She's mm. been traveling. She's been training for what? months and actually is prepared for it. So she, she uh, ever run one before? Uh, she's never run one. Half marathon's big. And Thirteen point one one miles. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, she's truly. Uh, I'm not sure that she's ever ran a, a real race before, but she's been training for this for months. She did eleven miles. She came home a few weeks ago, ran eleven miles. So, so she's ready. And I'm looking what forward to What do you to... eat the night before a marathon? <laughs> Pasta, carbs. Yeah, Fill up on carbs. Hydrating and carbs. And have Does you that ever... make you sleepy? Have you, have you ever run one, Adam? I have not. And I grew up a runner. Okay. So I ran cross country in, in high school, but I have not actually run one. So she's what did you run in cross country? So we, were, we would run a 5K, 3.1 3. miles. And um, yeah, ran it all the way up until my senior year. I quit cross country and really had fallen into love with golf. But uh, so I'm proud of her. Not her natural she thing. A, She's a soccer does player. Does she have a goal in mind, like breaking two or? She she will break two. Okay. Yeah, I actually, my guess is that she'll run about an hour and 40 minutes. That is flying. That's, that's my guess. Yeah, that's, that's pretty flying. quick. I could be wrong, but um, from some of her training times, that's what I, I think it'll be hour and 40 hour and 45 minutes somewhere in there um i don't think she would tell me her goal because she just wants to not not put pressure on herself and kind of go through 
And um, then our son, Landon, is 16 and gotten really into lacrosse in the last year. So just fun to watch him kind of grow and start playing that. And I know nothing about lacrosse, but it is a cool sport. In Boston, I assume that that was big. Huge at BU. Yeah, it was. I mean, it would just be so fun to watch practices. We'd walk by the field and like, man, it's a lot of hand-eye coordination. No, like, real pads and super physical. And that ball is... Like there's a level of danger that I love about that sport. <laughs> like, like real like goalies yeah. in lacrosse, it may be the craziest position to play in any sport. And it's like a combination of hockey, soccer, and basketball. Really cool sport. I know. <laughs> I know nothing about it. Yeah. I mean, growing up on Helton Head in high school in the, I guess it would be late winter. The Northern schools would come down on their winter break or whatever it was called or and they'd borrow our field, and they'd play this game lacrosse. Mm-hmm. But we, would, but then we'd have baseball practice, and we'd find these <laughs> yeah. lacrosse balls in the woods. And I've I've never seen something like that. I mean, ever. And they're everywhere. Yeah. So I'll go to like the May River Fields with my son, and he'll lose a couple balls, and we'll go back in the woods, and there's 25 lacrosse balls back there. You know, really? they, they just, just people firing them out everywhere, <laughs> and you know, people are throwing them at. High school kids, maybe not. Maybe high school, you're 75 to 85 miles per hour. But, you know, some of these pros are throwing at 90 to over 100 miles per hour. And it is it is fast. And those goalies have very little padding. Yeah. It's just humming it at him. It's crazy. Yeah. It's a lot of fun to watch. Do you know what's what he I, play? What he plays offensive midi, may play a little attack this year. Okay. Fun. Mm-hmm. And what grade is he in? Junior. Junior. Okay. Same as Jake. So you know what? The only thing I <clears throat> use a, a lacrosse ball for now is rolling out rolling, the knots. Like yeah, rolling out <laughs> my plantar fasciitis at forty-five years old. On the way up here, by the way, <clears throat> I have to. <laughs> the discussion was, you know, he went to Home Depot, Ace Hardware. I, was like, I did. I had a. Why'd you go day. to two? Like what? What did Ace have that be, be Home kind, Depot didn't be kind have? Right now. And. He was just sharing with me that he had. Um, this was because you asked my day, and I said reward I had, bucks. I had a pretty right? busy day. Well, look, you're talking about plantar fasciitis. I think it dovetails very well okay. into the fact that he had to go to Ace to make sure that he got um, is a buy one get one free bird seed. But I also had a thirty dollar off and thirty dollars off, and they had a buy one get one. And I'm laughing as we're coming up the stairs, hearing this story, and part of it is because I'm interested, and the other part is because we're old. Yeah. <laughs> because excitement. now the conversations, right? There's a Instagram meme that we constantly send to each other. It's like, you know, at what point in your life did you become a person that enjoyed birds? Okay. Like whole life, I don't care. And then all of a sudden it's like, that's a yeah. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, you know, it, pink rosiata or whatever. Like well, it, spoonbill rosiata. Yeah. Well, like, the, 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 did that happen? The, the worst part is I was frustrated because I needed to spend the money at ace and they didn't have winter birds like you don't want to attract the wrong birds or buy bird seed. i was so upset i was like it was they had a shipment i'm not gonna lie to you i don't have you driven by this ace so they have the pallets. is it the one on the island no the one out here oh yeah Huser. over by the awesome bowling Bob, alley. you'll never listen but if you want to sponsor us you're a great guy um they have all these pallets and they're and I just asked the person, I was like, hey, do you have bird seed in those pallets? Because they didn't have the winter out. Now they did have the cardinal, we're not gonna go into that. But um 
Yeah, it was a pretty busy little Friday. That's it all. It is an exciting Friday. It was an exciting yes. Friday. I hit the Home Depot. Yes. I hit the Home Depot. I got yeah. so I got a so uh, we have oh my gosh, here we go dad life. So we're going to we'll do this and we'll go I have a tradition of getting a yard blow up decoration one a year for Christmas. It stems in unhealthy ways. Um, and which I can't go into in case someone listens to it of, you know, like you can't be cryptic on a podcast. Um, likes that. I, 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 I had some infractions <laughs> from the POA when, when building <laughs> and there are people that live up and down the street that I like them a lot, but we're a part of that. And so I thought it would be fun to buy the biggest inflatables in the country basically <laughs> and start putting them in my lawn as close to the street as i could just to i like your when you say you buy one so one I additional each additional year? Yeah, so yeah. it gets bigger and bigger last year we actually had a i call it a walk but no one ever walked through it if that's how many i have um and sadie uh asked me this year we were driving to school and she said dad you know i love the inflatables do you think we can do a manger scene because Christmas is about Jesus's birth mm. and giving? <laughs> I was like, she said, and giving. I was and like, giving. you know what? That's a good idea. So I just was kind of thinking about the nativity scene. So I Googled it. Lo and behold, Home Depot has inflatable. an inflatable <laughs> manger scene. <laughs> but then I, then I ended up with three additional ones because they die out, right? So I've, I'm going to take two away. So I'm going to, Take two, add four, so it's a it's a plus two this year versus a plus one, and okay. I'm, that's why I went to Home Depot today. And and they already had the Christmas out. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, November tenth. What about Thanksgiving? Um, all right, so we're gonna final. We're gonna wrap this up with just what we either call aha moments or quotes that we like. Mm. Um, I don't have a big one because you know I you know I kind of like impactful ones but our boy matthew perry passed away oh yeah that's right so um and i loved him not just in friends but i'm telling you what the whole nine yards and then uh, what's the movie with selma hayek uh fools rush in fools rush in oh my gosh but the whole nine yards with bruce willis but i just loved him so he passed away um so he's got a book that just came out and i've ordered it don't have it yet, but I just got a couple of snippets from it, and he had a good quote in it. I said good quote, but I just want to hit a bunch. But I'll start with it because it's not that crazy. It <clears throat> all right. Here you go, Matthew. It says uh, he's talking about his addiction yep. problems, and he has some great, really good stuff about friends and stuff. We'll have to we'll have to dive into that maybe later. Um, friends like. Or like the no, show? No, like us friends. Yeah, yeah. Like the okay. three of us. Just making sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, but he has a quote. He says, if you're going to blame your parents for the bad stuff, you also have to give them credit for the good stuff. Mm. Which seems kind of simple, but it's pretty deep. Pretty good, deep. actually. Right? That is good. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're all all looking. I make excuses every time I hit a golf shot. But it is interesting to think about choosing uh, joy or the positive or, you know, and having that, we talk about attitude of gratitude, but 
thankful for the things your parents did do, right? Yeah, because it's so easy to frame it in a way of like, this is what I don't like, yeah. right? <clears throat> that's where a root of bitterness comes from. Like that, that's where that can breed from. So like being able to be grateful for the good and yeah, like slide away the bad is a healthy frame to look at it. Yeah. You know, I think. Uh, Did you prepare this week or are you winging it? I'm winging it. Okay. Do you I've have been thinking since you started um, about what my aha moment was this week. And, you know, I think it's just been, um, so as the kids are growing up, the conversations are changing. And man, some of the conversations, and you guys have been through this already, right? I'm just going through the door. They're just, uh, they're different than I expected. Like some of the questions that get asked by a 10 year old girl are uh, jarring sometimes. And like, I need a minute to like think through how to effectively answer this. And that's not my strong suit of like, let's take a moment. Let's think it through. Let's come up with a good answer. I'm like very responsive, but these are heavy topics. I mean, it's, it's a little unnerving. Some of the conversations that our kids are having at the age that they're having them at, right. About just, society and culture and what's right, what lines up with world our worldview versus what the culture is putting in front of them. So it was just um, the aha conversation was my wife and I just going, okay, we have to be intentionally prepared for what we know these conversations are going to look like moving forward because they're not going to get easier. Mm-hmm. They're going to get a little bit more trying and to be able to have a good foundation of like how to have those conversations with the kids. So anyway, we've got some, some great books that um, are about navigating culture and navigating them with kids. And so we're, we're embarking on that. Like, yeah, you're in a different spot. It's I mean, different thought, than when we were growing up. Right. Yeah. I mean, like the conversations yeah. that they're having yeah. at yeah. 10, but if they're having them with you, you're yeah. doing something right. That's right. I mean, it's when God. they stop yeah. having them yeah, with that's, you. That's when they, you got to start worrying. Yeah. And they will slow down, but which I've already talked about. I'm so thankful. I mean, Shelby's off at of college that she'll text me or call me and ask me a question. Like, that's a that's a good thing. So, Adam, before we wrap it, we're gonna let you wrap it up with. Do you, did you did you bring something? Do you have something you want to talk about with the aha or quote? I've got a quote. Okay, it's been my favorite quote for probably 20 years, and it's every day you get better or worse, you never stay the same. Mm-hmm. And so clearly you're always going to have days that you get worse, but if most of your days you get better at the end of the year, you're quite a bit better than you were before. And if you kind of compare it to golf, I mean, think about if you told somebody, I want you to take, get 0.1 shots better every day. Mm-hmm. Like if you're a 10 handicap, you get to scratch actually pretty quick. Really quick. Where if I said, Hey, I want you to take 10 shots off your handicap. You'd be like, yeah, I can never do that. So yeah. I think it's a great strategy. Kind of takes it one day at a time and it's a good quote. I, I like it. Um, I don't know if JP listens to this or not, but I'm going to talk about him because I'm going to talk about golf. So that quote is interesting to me because I, I think I see in him, which probably I see in me and a lot of golfers is we think we should every shot perfect. And the fact of that matter is you can make a lot of pars hitting a two yard cut, four yards short of what you wanted versus the three yard draw and still hitting the green. Like, just because in your mind, which we do need to paint that picture, it'll be interesting. Uh, I'm going to ask you a question. How do you think if you were, if you're one of your students asked you, like, how do you 
regulate that mentality in a tournament when you think you should be hitting a two yard draw and you're hitting a one yard fade four yards short of your, you know, like, and it's mentally, this is what I want to do and I'm not doing it. Yeah. So I think it determined that that determines a lot of how successful you are. I actually watched a very good LPGA tour player be in tears on the range because her ball was falling one yard right instead of drawing. And then I read a quote from Dustin Johnson, who's had a pretty good career, that said, I'm one of the best players in the world and I hit some of the worst, I'm sorry, I hit some of the worst shots in the world and I deal with it and I go hit the, the next shot. And I will tell you, and hopefully JP will listen to this, Dustin Johnson shot two rounds in the 80s a few years ago, back-to-back tournaments in the 80s, which PGA Tour players never do. Tiger Woods, British Open, 81. Sorry, I had to say that. <laughs> and then shot 32 under par the next week in Boston at the TP, whatever that TPC Deutsche Boston. Bank. Yeah. So, wow. I mean, I just think that that attitude is so, I mean, if you watch the PGA tour, they show the players that are hitting the best shots that week, but tons of them are hitting bad shots. Even the winner usually hits a couple horrible shots, but their mental attitude is who cares? Race it. One last thing, uh, Walter Hagen said, I know I'm going to hit seven bad shots per round. So when I hit one, it doesn't shock me. I just deal with it and realize I've got six more to go this round. Mm, I like that. That's interesting. That's actually really good. Excuse I me. like that. That's a good stuff. Well, Adam, thank you so much. You're our second guest. Honored, by the way. Honored. Hey, it's been fun. Yeah. We get we have a really good tea gift for you when you leave. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just waiting for my fan mail, that's all. <laughs> well, thank you. And uh, we're going to basically wrap this up in episode six. That's it. That's it. See you. Bye. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Off and Wrong, Never in Doubt, episode six. We're so glad you're along for the journey with us. Would you share this, like it, rate it, review it, and maybe uh, entice some others to listen with us? We appreciate you.